This is the Spoken Podcast. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell, here with my guy, Eddie Ortiz. Yo, yo, yo. Guys, we are really excited to get this thing going. Um, I started the Spoken on Facebook a little over eight years ago. And to finally have a podcast, I'll just get out in front of it and say that this is something I've really wanted to do for a long time. And I felt like this was the perfect time to get this thing going. So I really appreciate everybody that's helped me along the way, that's been a part of this throughout the journey. But we're just getting started, guys, and we're really excited to make this thing happen. Really glad to have Eddie Ortiz here with me. And we're going to have a lot of guests throughout this time. So just buckle in, guys. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, let's talk some sports because that's what we're here to do. And we don't want to waste any more of your time. So I will tell you guys, I'll preface this by saying that this show will have a lot of local sports um, coverage. Yes. It's going to be a lot of that. Yes. We're going to most of our guests, whenever we do have those guests on, will be local uh, uh, scouts, local analysts, and uh, a lot of local companies that will be coming on here to let us know why you should check their products out and why you should check their stores out as well. We, we're all about local love here, and I am a personal business owner as well outside of the sports world, so it's something that's near and dear to my heart. And uh, it's going to be fun, guys. Like I said, that's the goal is to have fun, to talk sports, and I know that a lot of the listeners here will be local. So let's talk a lot of local sports, and what better way to start that off than talk about the Chiefs. Let's go. So <clears throat> the 2018 Chiefs, there's a lot to peel away as far as that team is concerned to to talk about. And and, and what we want to do is start this show off by giving you guys a little bit of our recap, uh, what we saw this season, what our experience was as fans, as people that watch this team, that study this team, and just kind of give you our insight of what we saw this year. Um, Eddie, as you saw this season, you and I went to about, I think, six games together this year. Yeah. Um, that's, by the way. That's the, a lot in my you know, in my lifespan. I've never been to as many cheese games in one season. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I think, uh, well, I, I know I did not go to any Chiefs games during the Alex Smith era. I went to uh, the playoffs against the Titans. I think that was the only Alex Smith. Holy shit, I'm so sorry, man. Uh, it was depressing. <laughs> to say the least. It went from, uh, you know. Oh, we're gonna make it to what the fuck? <laughs> so, yeah, there's the yeah, and that's why I didn't want to ever go to those games. And, and I can rehash on the fifteen thousand tweets I had dedicated just to Alex Smith during that five year run. But, <laughs> oh, yeah, um, <laughs> but it, but it's it's we've moved on from that, and and we're in a, a a much greener pasture, if you will, now that we have one Patrick Mahomes. And um, obviously, the the majority of the 20, 2018 season can be recapped by just looking at his statistics, his highlights, and just go from there. But there's a lot more to it. Yeah. And and this season, I think, was by far the most special season I've had as a Chiefs fan, and, and for so many reasons. Um, more than just like I said, the, the the way Patrick Mahomes played and 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 uh, exceeded expectations uh, for anybody. I mean, I was even I was one of the 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 guys that had high expectations for him, I was called a homer, ironically, because before Patrick Mahomes was our quarterback, I was known as a hater uh, for the Chiefs. But you know, when his first season comes around, I'm I'm project, projecting him to have 39 touchdowns, 4,300 passing yards, and be fourth in MVP votes. And then he goes out there with 5,097 yards, 50 touchdowns, and wins the MVP. So yeah, he definitely exceeded expectations, uh, my expectations, and pretty much everyone's expectations, and made a lot of talking heads look like absolute fools. By the way, they talked down about him and said that he was just going to be a project. He was going to be a gunslinger that turned the ball over a lot. Yet he decided yeah. to go out there and win more regular season awards than he didn't have turnovers. <laughs> yes. So it's pretty majestic. It's unexplainable. Uh, I can watch his highlights over and over again. But like I said, there's more to this team than just what Patrick Mahomes did, even though he was the the the, the largest portion of it as to why things were different this year around. Eddie, 
give us a little synopsis of what you experienced this year. Give us a little of your experience as a as a Chiefs fan this year, why it was different, and what you're looking forward to coming into the near future and for years to come. Oh, man. Uh, you go from uh, Alex Smith to Patrick Mahomes. That's That in itself is a huge difference, you know. Uh, coming into the season, I was a little skeptical as to what could happen. You know, uh, the rookie quarterback, pretty much a rookie quarterback, he didn't play his first year. He only played against the Broncos, and that game really, if you think about it, didn't even matter. So coming into the season, I was a little, uh, you know, is he going to be good? Is he going to be great? Is he going to be another bust? But, man, that kid, he can ball, man. He can ball. Uh, man, the the thing, uh, I guess the thing that uh, really, uh, I, well, you can say, uh, uh, the defense, the defense was just not not where I wanted it to be. Uh and I mean, we went and got what Hitchens, uh, Williams. Uh, then we got Speaks in the in the draft, and still, I, I don't think it was to where it, uh, where it had to be. But yet again, Patrick Mahomes, man, MVP. Mm-hmm. He always found a way. He always uh, he always delivered. There was, a, there was a lot of controversy that started the season for me. Um, you know, we can go back to the Marcus Peters situation. Yeah. Um, a lot of fans were in in favor of that because they didn't like some of the antics that he had, um, some of the attitude problems that he had. Um, and and not to go into it too much, but I, I was vehemently a, against it. I, I felt like you give up a stud cornerback on his rookie deal. Yeah, uh, you trade him away. Not only just you trade him away, but you trade him away for a dog whistle and a bag yeah, of marbles. But- I mean, you're not you're not getting an adequate return in my eyes. Now you can make the case that there wasn't a lot of teams out there that were willing to give up a lot of value for them. But I look at that as, okay, well, if that's the case, then you they, shouldn't get yeah, rid of them. Just keep them. Yeah. And, and, and let him have another great season. And I but, think, I think he only makes your defense better. So it's, it's a really, it's a catch 22 with that situation. The yeah. problem I had though, with that is you not only get rid of him, but you keep Bob Sutton. And I think everybody knew by by the fifth See, season I, I, that that Bob Sutton was yeah. no good. I mean, I didn't have a problem with Bob Sutton until this season. You know, I wasn't. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't care too much because I mean, I, I didn't. I didn't expect to. Uh, I didn't expect him to be the way he was this year. This year was just complete garbage on the defense, on the defensive side. It, it if man, I, I think the week six against the Patriots could have been a W. If we just had one more stop, he couldn't do it. Uh, against the Rams, one more stop, couldn't do it. Against New England, when it mattered in the AFC Championship, all he needed was one more stop, couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that to me this year was when I was like, okay, I think we're done. I, I, I think it's over. It, it, we have to move on. There's no question. that the, I mean, Bob Sutton, was it was it was at least one year too late. Um, as far as him being gone. And and the reason why it was so frustrating to watch is because of the fact that he refused to adjust. Uh, we saw that, that you know, Bob Sutton was in a position where he, I think he was just completely comfortable. I don't think he ever felt like he was in fear for his job. I don't think he ever had to worry about it because him and Andy Reid were so close. And Andy Reid was extremely loyal to him to a fault. And we're going to get to that in a second about Andy Reid and some of the criticisms I have for him as, as our head coach in Kansas City. The defensive side, I mean, there's no question about it. It was it was uh, abysmal all season long. Uh, they had Horrible. moments. They had moments. They shined. You know, uh, you know, in the Colts game in the playoffs, that was incredible. The way that they were able to just shut down Andrew Luck in the run game so easily. But I think if we're being honest here, I think that had a lot more to do 
with the inefficiencies and in, in, of the Colts and the fact that they just weren't that good. They they beat up on a terrible schedule and they came into Kansas City and got their their asses handed to them. So, all respect to Bob Sutton and the defense for what they did in that game. But I think a lot of that has to do with what the Colts really were, and they got exposed in that game. And and the reason I feel so confident in saying that is because we saw what the Chiefs' defense was and how Jeez. different it was in just it a was, week, you know, yeah, in between, was, you know, against the it, Patriots. And it was bad. And all and all praise to the Patriots for being able to do what they do because that's what they do. Yeah. They they adjust better than anyone with Bill, Bill Belichick as their coach. And so the defense, I, I think, all season long, we knew that the defense was going to end up costing them somehow. And I felt yeah. that way from the very beginning of the season. But you couldn't help. And feel that optimism when you see in the first two weeks of the season, or rather, if you want to add the third week against the Niners, where Patrick Mahomes has 13 touchdowns and zero interceptions, and and you're beating teams that you were expected to probably drop. You know, you go into you go into Los Angeles, you're thinking, and it'll be a really tough game. They they could win, but on paper, on paper, I think it was uh in favors of the in favor of the Chargers, if you if you look at it. I think from the national landscape, yeah, from the national national point of view, yes, I think that people thought the Chargers were the better team. Yes. I mean, if you if you saw the I mean, projections, yeah. the, the predictions before the season, a lot of people were not only picking the Chargers to win the AFC West, but they had the Raiders in second, yes. or they had the Broncos, Broncos in second. second. And a lot of them had the Chiefs in third and fourth place, which I found to be humorous because of the fact that even if you didn't believe that Patrick Mahomes was going to be this or close to it in this first season. I don't see what the Chiefs ever gave the national media over the last three or four years that makes them think they were not capable of winning this division, even with, let's say, a Patrick Mahomes that was, you know, mistake heavy, you know, turned the ball over a few times more than he did. Because of the fact that there was so much talent on this team, and Candy Reed is a almost lock on 10 to 15, 10 to 12 wins every single season. It was it was like almost a foregone conclusion that was going to happen. So you upgraded the quarterback position. Um, and, and the national media still found a way to make it sound like, oh, they made the mistake in letting go of a 34-year-old Alex Smith who was set to make around $17 million ne- this this season. That was a good choice. I mean, there's no question. The Chiefs yeah. absolutely fleeced Washington with that trade. Even though Kendall Fuller didn't have an incredible season, I would uh, take that trade all yes, over again, yes. given what they got out of it. He didn't have a bad season either. No, he if was out of position. Really, yeah. I mean, you, you're taking a guy who was number one in the slot in 2017 and you move him on the outside and expect him to, to play the yeah, same way. You just dude, can't expect yeah. that. So, and, and, and given the fact that he didn't have a lot of talent around him with, especially at the safety position, which uh-huh. the chiefs was, probably had the worst safety tandem in football. It Nelson. No, it's uh, Steve Nelson, the cornerback. I'm oh, talking uh, the corner. I'm talking yeah, Daniel yeah, Sorensen, so yes, Ron yeah, Parker. Yeah, they, they, it was just an awful, you know, group of guys yeah, and, yeah. and they got exposed almost every single week. But like I said, I couldn't help but feel optimistic when the first three weeks of the season, I mean, San Francisco is a highly touted team. People had them going to the playoffs. Uh, a lot of people were on the Jimmy G, Jimmy G band, bandwagon. And before the half's over, I think it was 35 to three. Yep. You know, the Chiefs were all over these teams. They, they scored, I think, the third most points in, in NFL history for a single season. Patrick Mahomes has the, the second best season of all time. Um, you know, there was, there was so much optimism, even despite the fact that we knew this defense had so many inefficiencies, so many holes. And the biggest one was that defensive coordinator. Yep. So it, it was a really weird season. And, but I mean, even saying that it was the best season I've ever had as a chiefs fan, because for the first time in my life, I had a quarterback that I could look forward to, to go see every Sunday <laughs> or go, you know, turn my TV on and yes. watch when I'm on the road yes. games. I mean, it, he was must see TV already. At oh, the very beginning, NFL ratings just went up. Yeah, I mean the, the Rams. Yeah. It's funny because uh, you know as as bad as the 
as many turnovers as there were in the Rams game, as many bad calls as there were in the Rams game, many people consider that almost a consensus the best game of the season because of the fact that it was 54 to 51. The Chiefs were the first team to ever lose Oof, a game yeah. while scoring 50 points. Patrick Mahomes, even though he had the, as many turnovers as he, as he did, he goes up there and puts six touchdowns on a Rams defense that everyone was expecting to be an elite defense. And they do have elite they, players yeah. on that defensive side. And Aaron to go Donald, in there, yeah, Aaron Donald alone. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what I'm saying. So, it is, as frustrating as the season was, a lot of times because you knew that the Chiefs were going to have to drop 40 to 45 almost every week just to give themselves a chance against a, a legitimate contender. It was still fun to watch, and yes. you can make the comparisons to the 2003 Chiefs where they had to score over 30 a game, and you know they they had no defense whatsoever; they couldn't stop the run. But the difference with this one is. Trent Green was a was an immobile quarterback, a statue back there, accurate, but he relied on his offensive line. He relied on an elite running game, and he relied, relied on his play calling. Yep. Trent Green was a good quarterback. Patrick Mahomes is a great quarterback, and he's he's oh, mobile. He's, he's, he's so uh, flashy, but see, yes. I feel like sometimes flashy gets kind of a negative uh, 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 reputation because when you say you're flashy, you're, it's more just about the show. When really, as, as as flashy as he was, he was also extremely efficient. Completed 66% of his passes, had I think a 113 or 114 quarterback rating. I mean, this guy and he only had 12 interceptions in his first season. If you look at the schedule going at the beginning of the year, you would you would have thought you were crazy if he only had 12 interceptions playing all 16 games. Then goes into the playoffs, gets the monkey off the back of the Chiefs fans in this Chiefs kingdom after all these years of losing to the Colts in the playoffs, especially at home. Goes in there, beats them, then goes and puts three touchdowns on the on the Patriots in the second half and nearly gets them back into victory formation against the team that has dominated the AFC and the NFL for that for this for that for the better part of 18 years. Yep. So my my 2018 recap, it's very bittersweet. It's it's a uh it's a fun season. Uh it's definitely something to build on, but it was so much better than I expected. I, yes, I initially yes. picked the Chiefs to go 10 and 6. They were going to win the division. They were going to uh, actually uh, uh, tie the Chargers in record, season record, but actually in the division, they were going to have a better record. So they would win the AFC West and then lose in the divisional round. I believe I picked them to lose in the divisional round to the Patriots. And then the Pittsburgh Steelers were going to beat the Patriots in the AFC Championship. And then the Steelers yeah. were going to end up losing to the yes. Saints in the Super Bowl. So I was wrong on a few accounts, I, and I'm okay with that because the Chiefs exceeded my expectations. Yes, I pretty much had the same same thing as you did. I mean, other than I had the – I think I had the Rams in the Super Bowl against the Steelers, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. So in recap, I think 2018 was a much better season than I was expecting. I was very satisfied. I'm, I'm a fan that – believes if you're not winning Super Bowls, you're not really winning at all. I don't like those, you know, participation trophies. I don't like to look at the silver lining a lot of times. I don't like to be somebody that, uh, <laughs> well, you know, they did really well. It was a successful season, yeah. even though they didn't get to the Super Bowl. I don't like being yeah. that guy because that's what the Chiefs fans have yeah, all, always but, known. We've always known about being that team that was good enough to get to the playoffs. But see, back then you were like, oh, man, we got to rely on Alex Smith. Now you're like, but we got the MVP. Right. Patrick Mahomes. Now I can sit there and be like, okay, I'm ready for next year. Yeah, exactly. Because I think if they would have had a season similar to this year with with Alex Smith, not not him having the stats Patty did. I'm saying if they would have gone as far as they did, I'd have been like, well, they they peaked. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> that, that's as far as they're going. Yeah, for. like th- this was this was about yeah. as good as it's ever yeah. gonna get. You yeah. know, I mean, you're you're getting to the AFC Championship yes. with Alex Smith. 
Uh, something had to go really right for that to happen. You had to have the perfect season. <laughs> right. You know, like a lot of things had to fall in the Chiefs' favor in order for that to happen. And if you look at it this season, a lot of things actually went in uh, the opposite of the favor yeah. for the Chiefs. Losing Kareem Hunt in the middle of the season, or actually close to the end of the season. So that's Was that's it, tough to adjust. Yeah, week 13. Yeah, you know, you're having a, a defensive coordinator that refuses to adjust, and it's only getting worse. Yes. You have the worst safety tandem in probably football, if not just the – probably just the AFC, but if we really looked at it, they're they're easily one of the worst in football. Um, you know, I, I, there's there's a, a plethora of issues. Sammy Watkins, I think, missed seven, eight games this year, and you're, you paid this guy all this all, nah. the, all this big money for him to come in here and make an ultimate difference. Yeah, I mean, well – what were you expecting when he is known for injuries? You know what I mean? Like he's not known for a guy that's out in the field every single game. He's known for uh, being an injury prone player and the chiefs still go out there and pay him this huge amount of money. I, I just, I personally think it was a, it was a bad move overall. He did help I, when he did play, he did help, but I think it was a, it wasn't a smart move to give him that much money. I, I mean, Honestly, I, I think the contract is actually okay because of the fact that, yes, he's been known to have foot injuries, which yeah. he ended up having this year. Yeah. But he's he was 24 years old going into the season. If he would have been 29 and they would have given him big money and he had all these you know injuries throughout his six, seven-year career, I would, be, I'd be, I would not be okay with it. But because of the fact he's still so young, and I've seen this guy have really good seasons, or at least good stretches of seasons with bad quarterbacks. I did the math and thought, man, this dude stays healthy for any stretch or any length of time with Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey taking some of the pressure off him. He gets a lot of one-on-ones. This guy's going to excel in this offense. And that's exactly what happened. When he did play, Sammy Watkins was a humongous yeah. factor for the Chiefs. Yeah. He was a humongous factor. Now, losing him for those seven games is very frustrating, and I understand why some fans were against the contract because, like you said, if he's not on the field, it doesn't matter how effective he is when he – I get that. I I totally understand. But he did get healthy for the playoffs. He made a serious impact in both the Colts and the Patriots game. I mean, he brought life. Tyreek Hill had one catch. If you would have told me that before the game started, Tyreek Hill is going to get one catch and Travis Kelsey is basically just going to be ineffective outside of that one touchdown catch – Yet the Chiefs are going to lose by six in overtime? I mean, how would I have believed that? And that's because of Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins in that second half was was Patty's go-to guy, and he made some things happen. If you you watch the video of him on NFL Network when they mic'd him up, he was rallying the guys together. He's it was it, I love the leadership I saw from Sandy. He was getting his guys going. He was getting them pumped up. He was calling, "Hey, we're going to score on this drive. Let's get this going." And a lot of guys say things, but he backed it up. And yeah. I love that about what Sammy did. So, in totality, I actually like the contract because I think that he is going to bounce back from these injuries. There's nothing that's going to be long sustaining, and I think he's going to contribute to this I, offense for the next couple of years. I really hope so. I really hope so. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I wish him nothing but the best. Absolutely. You know Absolutely, and and I think that, like I said, this offense is so young, they can only get better, and, and that's crazy yeah. to say, seeing they just average over 35 points a game. Yeah. And I think that they're going to – I think they are going to get better this next season. So that's our 2018 recap right there, guys. Um, something – because what we do is every week what we're going to do is on our on our page, The Spoken on Facebook. You can join that. I'll add you guys in if you just uh, get, a, get your invite in. But uh, something else we're going to be doing is we're going to be taking suggestions because – Although I think we could come up with good topics, yeah. you know, the original platform for the for the the group was to have you guys kind of run it, so you guys can feel like you have the voice. But on a podcast, I you know we have to kind of talk, we have to make this happen. So 
at the same time, with that fact aside, we want you to, to give us some content that you would like to hear back. So I, I posted that, uh, I believe, on Monday, uh, asking you guys what you'd like to have us touch on uh, during this week. And one of them that really stood out was from my guy, Clay Windler. Shout out to Red Tribe Cinema. Uh, dude's been amazing. Uh, thank you for everything you do for me, man. I really appreciate you and Shane Williams. Uh, been, a, been a lot of fun doing the work we've done on Red Tribe Cinema. But uh, one of the things we wanted to touch on, and I might not be able to get all this on this segment, so we might have to come back on it in a little bit. But um, the thing that Clay brought up to me was, the, the thing he wanted me to touch on was, was the Scott Pioli, Scott Pioli era. Yeah. And how rough that was for a lot of Chiefs fans, the, myself the included. Castle eras. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, whatever era you want to call it, it was yeah. it was a, a really shitty era, <laughs> and it was very tough to to get through. Um, being a young Chiefs fan myself, uh, it was it was it really took a toll. And I'm really glad that Clay asked me to talk about this because it, it put me in a place where I felt like I had to start saying some things. And not that I anything I say matters, but I knew that there were people that were in my group that cared about what I had to say. And I started doing some stuff. I started getting on 610 as a guest every once in a while and speaking my mind on things. And so I capitalized on it and I made a, a YouTube channel and I've <laughs> this one video where, you know, the Chiefs decided to stick with Matt Castle for another year. And I called out Scott Pioli and I, I didn't think it was going to do anything. I didn't think anybody was going to pay attention. Nobody gave, you know, gave a yeah. shit like, you know, who's going to listen to this kid? You know, I was in my young 20s and I posted the video on YouTube. I shared it on Facebook and. I go on a trip with my family to uh, Tucson and I got people texting and calling me cause I haven't checked, you know, I'm just, <laughs> I left it out there and be like, bro, you're, you're getting destroyed right now on YouTube. You're getting annihilated. You need to check your channel. And I'm looking on the, on the, <laughs> I'm looking on the comments and there's people I've, I don't know. And again, I, I, de- I didn't know this yeah. world yet. You know, I was very, I wasn't even, I don't even think I was on Twitter yet. And I saw people on there just cussing me out and you're a piece of shit and you're not a Chiefs fan. And you know, this guy, I hate this kid, like people I didn't know. And I, I really shocked because I thought I was standing up for yeah. Chiefs, you know, Chiefs kingdom, quote unquote. I thought I was the one that was kind of, you know, helping get that out there. Like, Hey, we need a change, you know, either at quarterback and or at GM, because this is not working. And it was a very dark time because I felt like, wow, my my fellow Chiefs fans don't like the fact that I'm standing up for demanding like yeah. I'm demanding better and people don't like that. So it was it was very tough because then I started to realize just how brainwashed a lot of our fan base was. Even though we were so bad in so many areas, and we could tell that Matt Castle clearly wasn't the answer, and Pioli was refusing to move on from him. Pioli was one of the major reasons why Peyton Manny didn't come to Kansas City. People were still okay with that, and I wasn't. And a lot of people weren't, and they were starting to grow and grow and grow. And as that 2012 season came about, and Matt Castle got hurt, and then we had Brady freaking uh, Brady, Brady freaking Quinn yeah. out there, you know, throwing picks left and right, it had to happen. And then Marty McDonald and these other guys, you know, save our Chiefs. Those things started to take place, and people started wearing black to the stadium, and demanded better, and things started to change. I, I got excited because I, you know, back then you're thinking, oh, a guy from the Patriots is coming to Kansas mm-hmm. City. How exciting is this? MVP. You know, yeah, we got this young, you know, a head coach that's coming in. You know, uh, Todd Haley. He's got this, you know, no BS attitude. It's gonna work, guys. It's gonna work, and it blew up right in our faces. And people were afraid of change because Chiefs fans are notorious for not liking to be bad. They would rather their team never go after being great than to always be bad. You know, what I mean, they're always okay with conservative approaches. Let's just be good. Get nine, ten victories. Hope to get in the playoffs. Losing the first round. And just, you know, hey, better luck next year. 
I wasn't okay with that. And Pioli was the, the, the encompassing factor of what was happening in Kansas City and why we were going downhill quick. And it was because of his conservative approach and why he wanted to keep Matt Castle as, as quarterback, and it blew up in our face. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. For the next few years, because we got Andy Reid, and I was really excited about that because I saw how successful he was in, in Philadelphia. And John Dorsey, this talent evaluator that he is, I was like, okay, maybe this will finally be the change. And what do you freaking know, man? They go out there and they hey, sign Smith. Alex Smith. And if anybody knows me, you know that I cannot stand vanilla Alex Smith <laughs> because you know you're never going to win a Super Bowl with him. And that's what we demanded. That's what we wanted. And I felt like Andy Reid had a golden opportunity to get that first pick overall. You know, the Chiefs went 2-14 and 14 in 2012. You got the first pick, and I want Geno Smith. You know, I, oh, I want I want Geno Smith. Oh, I had a few no. other Chiefs fans out there that wanted Geno Smith oh, too. No. And they take Eric Fisher. And I'm like, this is this is complete horseshit, man. Like, why is this happening to me? What did we ever do to deserve this? <laughs> and for the next five years, I was just bashing yeah. Alex Smith on Twitter because I felt like I was wasting my life watching this putrid average offense that's going to kill us at the end every single season. It's the same movie every time, and it did. It did. I, I was like, I, I, I'm, I think I'm done. I, I really felt like I was done as a Chiefs fan. And I couldn't yeah. believe I was saying that because outside yeah. of any human – this team needs more to me than anything else, and it and it broke my heart because like I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna be done, I think I'm gonna be done, and then Patty Mahomes, they trade up for him 17 spots in the cool. 2017 what draft. A move, huh? I mean, I never 34 I years, 35 it. years of never drafting a first round quarterback. I, I did not I did not see that move coming at all. And what's so funny about it, Eddie, is the fact that I had so many guys that I was working with at that time telling me, you know, they don't need to trade up for a quarterback. They don't need to take a first yeah. round quarterback. They just need to build around Alex Smith and they can win a Super Bowl that way. And I'm sitting here going, what else do we need to see to know that that is not going to happen? It's not going to happen. He's not going to win us a Super Bowl. He is not going to lead us to a Super Bowl. We're wasting years. We're wasting Jamal Charles. We're wasting Derek Thomas. We're wasting Tamba Ali. We are wasting good, valuable players that can make a legitimate shot at a Super Bowl. All we need is that quarterback, and they refuse to take it. And so when they finally did, and, and it was right on time. Again, I don't matter, but I'm just speaking from my perspective. I was like, I might actually stay. I might actually stick around for a little bit because <laughs> I, I think this kid's pretty bad because me and my boy Shaggy Shane, we were talking – we were talking on his show on YouTube uh, back in 2017 before the draft, and we said, we both said, that we would love to have Patrick Holmes. We'd love to have Deshaun Watson. Those are the two guys we'd love to have. If we took either one, we'd be grateful for it. And I think the Chiefs made the right move. They made the right decision in getting the right quarterback because Deshaun Watson's good, but Patty's great. And he saved my fanhood. Straight up, man. I, I, I will say right now, if the Chiefs would have taken a linebacker or any other position <laughs> in that draft, they would have stayed back at 27 or traded up for somebody else. I, I, I can honestly say you and I would not be sitting here talking Chiefs football right now. Really? You would just not being a fan overall? It, I was done, man. I, 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 and I don't think I'm the only one. I truly believe a lot. Of, even guys like Nick Wright were saying things like that. Like, if we're not taking quarterbacks, then what am I cheering for? Because they've done it the wrong way so many years in a row. There was guys out there with two kids and a mortgage that never even seen this team take a quarterback in the first round. I mean, they didn't, win, they didn't have a quarterback they drafted win a damn game in over 30 years. So that's the point is the Chiefs finally decided, hey, you know what? Let's let's build a team the right way. And what did they do? They go to the AFC Championship the first year this guy even plays football. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. He Patrick Mahomes saved my fanhood as a Chiefs fan. I'm not afraid to say that. A lot of people say, oh, I'm a lifer. I, I would have never left. I'm loyal. I'm loyal. No, I had enough, man. <laughs> and it was time. It was definitely time. And I'm glad 
that it finally happened. I'm glad that she's finally decided to give us something to cheer for. And man. boy, was it fun. Man, I remember watching that video you posted online of uh, when the Chiefs drafted uh, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> there was a few expletives in that yeah. one, but it was rejoicing expletives. Yes. There's a difference. Uh, so, you know, you know, my dad, he wasn't too upset with me because I think he understood the joy that overwhelmed, you know, his at that time. I think I was 27. You know, I was pretty excited about it, needless to say. But yeah, man, it was it was it was a great time. It was a great experience. And it's only gotten better since then. And I guys, I think it's only going to get better. So when we get back in our next segment, guys, we're going to keep touching on a little bit more of the Chiefs. Uh, we're going to talk about Mahomes' future, what, he, what we think Ooh. he's going to do in the next season and the seasons to come. Could he repeat what he did in 2018 statistically? Could it even get better? Some of the national guys are saying it actually will get better. Yes. And we're going to talk about off-season moves as well. Uh, so after these messages, we will get back to these things. Uh, you are listening to The Spoken Podcast with your host Lance Twidwell and Eddie Ortiz. Uh, Commandeer is Kansas City's alternative apparel brand. They make unique Kansas City-themed clothing and accessories with a counter-cultural appeal. Find them online at CommandeerBrand.com or follow them at CommandeerBrand on Instagram or Facebook. Midcoast Modern is a Kansas City focus on modern, handmade, and small brands. A resource for design-centric home goods, apparel, jewelry, artwork, and limited edition gifts. We support makers, artists from the Midcoast and bring in goods from makers, artists around the U.S. to offer a unique selection. This is the Spoken Podcast. Back at it, guys. Over here at the Casey Beardco Studios. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell with Eddie Ortiz. Yo, yo, yo. We are uh, getting done. We just got done with the first segment. Uh, really glad you guys are listening in. Um, tonight, we're going to be talking primarily Chiefs. Um, and again, if you listen to the first segment, we are going to be talking mostly local sports. And football is king, as everybody knows. So, of course, we're going to be talking a lot of Chiefs. Yeah. So, I mean, we will. Now that football is over, we might talk a little bit of NBA here and there. Oh, as the, as the playoffs yeah, come, yeah, you have to you have yes. to cover those things. So, I apologize for anybody out there that wants to just listen yeah. exclusively to Chiefs content. We will be touching on them pretty much every week, know, but uh, we can't help but go with what is currently uh, in the trends. So, yeah, we got sports training, uh, uh, spring training, sports training, sports training. There you go. <laughs> well, they're training sports, so I guess that technically uh, yeah, works. I mean, technically, yeah. And we can have Eddie because yeah. uh, I don't want to speak for you, but you are our soccer guy as well. Yeah. So, Sporting KC, if there's news that yeah. emerges, we'd love to have I mean, you break that down as well. I know there's I know, not that many uh, sporting fans probably listening to this, but you know, you never know, man. Yeah. When you start talking a little sporting, you might have some of those guys, you know, <laughs> popping in and out. So, um, let's get right to it, though. Um, what I left you guys off with was Patrick Mahomes. Uh, his his season individually. What a year. Well, there's no question. Like I said, it was probably the second best season we've ever seen from a quarterback. And if you not probably it was. Yeah. And if, I think if he'd have won the Super Bowl and won Super Bowl MVP, I think you can make an argument that it was the best season we've ever yeah. seen from a quarterback. Because although Peyton Manning had five more touchdowns in 2013, I think he had a couple hundred more yards. He got obliterated in the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, that was a horrible, embarrassing loss. I think if Patrick Mahomes would have had similar numbers, which he clearly did, yeah. and then goes and wins the Super Bowl, because even even Tom Brady's 2007 season, when he had around 4,700 yards, 50 touchdowns, yeah. and one MVP, he, he lost the Super Bowl as well. Didn't win Super Bowl MVP, obviously, just like Peyton Manning did. If Patrick Mahomes would have done that this season, like I said, you could make the argument that that's a better that's season than both those guys because he achieved more yeah. and won Super Bowl MVP, things of that nature. But that's all speculation now yeah, because it didn't obviously it, happen. Yeah, it's all uh, what if. The fact is it was one of the greatest seasons we've ever seen a quarterback a have, Chiefs. and it was his first damn season yes. as a starting quarterback. So he kind of set a high bar when it comes to standards. I think that goes without say. Um, th- we naturally are going to expect Patty to – 
play at least the exact same way he did in 2018 going into 2019. And I don't think that's unfair because the fact, like I said, he showed that he's the real thing. He showed that he's already the best quarterback in football. So it's okay for us to naturally expect him to progress even more because, like I said, he's he's still a young quarterback. But what I said before the before we even drafted him, the thing I loved about Patty was he's one of those few guys that can match his talent level with his IQ level and vice versa. A lot of times you get quarterbacks that are just insanely talented but are not good at breaking down defenses, do not know how to lead an offense, and you see the mistakes they make. And then the other side of it, you have quarterbacks that are so intelligent but are just terrible. They just don't have the arm strength. They don't know how to uh, uh, get out of the pocket clean. They don't know how to adjust, and that's the problem. So with Patrick Mahomes, he is the perfect mixture of smart, intelligent football player with unbelievable, maybe unprecedented talent. Yep. So it, naturally, I'm going to expect him to have numbers similar to what he had in 2018. The only thing is, it's very circumstantial when it comes to statistics. Because of the fact that I don't believe, had the Chiefs had a better defense, let's say they would have finished 17th or 18th in defense, and you know we're in top five in takeaways, I don't think Patrick Mahomes goes for 50 touchdowns. And the reason why I say that is because games they wouldn't he wouldn't have had games like the Rams yeah. game. He wouldn't have had games like the Patriots he game. He wouldn't have to. He wouldn't have had to exactly. So although it's incredible to see somebody do what he did. Because of the fact the Chiefs needed him to. I mean, the Broncos in 2013 did not need Peyton Manning to do that. No. There was a lot of games where they were blowing people out. <laughs> Same with the Patriots in 2007. They didn't need to do that with their horrible, bad division. They did not need to do those things. Uh, Tom Brady and Peyton Manning were clearly statting, uh, pads, uh, stat, padding their stats. So that's okay. The difference, though, is that Patrick had to do that a lot of times in order for them to beat teams like yeah. the Ravens or even give them a chance against the Rams and the and the uh, Patriots. So, so that that's that's what makes it different. But I would like to believe that the defense is going to get a little bit better. I'm, I'm not saying they're going to be elite. I'm not saying they're going to be top ten. But if they can be top fifteen, top sixteen defense, I think that it's realistic to suggest that Patrick's numbers are going to dip a little bit. I mean, wouldn't you agree, Eddie? I I agree 100% with what you're saying. Because uh, he wouldn't have to play those blowout games, you know? Not blowout games, but he wouldn't be those close games to where you have to keep on scoring in order to keep the lead. You know what I mean? Yeah. If the defense can make those stops, I think uh, we're not going to see Patrick Mahomes take those risks of throwing those, you know, long throws and stuff like that. So I can see his numbers dip. Dip now, a little bit. Now, when I say dip, though, I'm not saying that he's going to go out there and throw 29 touchdowns. No, 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 no. But I do think, though, that it's it's realistic to say he throws around 45. That my my thing is, uh, I think he 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 goes for uh, 47, 4800 yards, 42 touchdowns. And it's still early, you know, yeah. because I mean, we haven't even got the draft still yet. Don't know. yeah, we still don't know what's going to happen during the draft, like how the defense is going to shape up, and I mean, as the as the as the season goes, I mean, as the season goes, the off season goes on. We're gonna kind of get that that idea, that picture of uh, what might happen, you know. So right now, our numbers are one thing, and maybe in two months after the draft, they're gonna completely change. You yeah. know what I mean? And if it wasn't for Drew Brees completing an insane, I think it was seventy four percent of his passes, yeah. which it was an NFL record. He already owned the NFL record. <laughs> he broke but, his own record. Yeah, you know, I mean, when you're when you have a guy like that, you know, completing sixty six percent of your passes doesn't look as significant. If to the naked eye of somebody that just goes and looks at box scores. But if you think about that, for a guy that not only was in his first season as the starter, 
but through the ball down the field a hell of yes. a lot. One of the highest, you know, in averages as far as yards per attempt. To be able to complete 66% of your passes, that's unreal. Bearing it, ignoring the fact he threw over 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns, which is only the second player to ever do so. The fact he also had a 113.8, which is necessarily 114 rating. It, 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 I mean, this season was by far the most impressive thing we've ever seen in Kansas City. I mean, there's no question about it. So the, the crazy thing that I think that could happen, though, is even though his numbers, I think, will dip, it would not shock me in the slightest if Patrick goes out there and even has a better yeah. statistical season. And why I say that, because I know it sounds kind of contradicting or hypocritical or contradicting however you want to say it, that I would say, you know, the defense will probably be better, uh, you know, so his numbers should dip a little bit. And then I say that. No, what I'm saying is, is that I don't see why the Chiefs would hold him back unless they're blowing teams out every single week. I don't uh, see why it's yeah. unreal. And, and you you consider the 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 weapons that Patrick Mahomes is going to have. The fact that he's going to have another year under his belt in this offense, he's going to understand how to break down defenses even better. He's going to audible a lot better. He's just going to get better. So it wouldn't be crazy. And, and uh, Nate Burleson on uh, NFL Network, uh, Good Morning Football, yeah. rather, last week was talking about this. He thinks that Patrick's actually going to have 55 touchdowns. And what's crazy is when I heard him say it, it didn't feel like a hot take. It didn't come off his lips like a hot take. Yeah. Because I think most people, if they're being un- like if they're being realistic, it isn't out of the question for him to do so. It it really isn't because if you look at teams like if you look at the games like the Jaguars game, where he did not throw a touchdown. You know, you 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 replace that game with another year. A year later, goes and plays a team like that again. I don't think he goes without a touchdown pass in that game. Now he did have a rushing touchdown, I believe, in that game. So it wasn't like he was out of the end zone. But the numbers could, hey, you know, instead of having zero touchdowns that week, I'm going to have two. And then that gives them 52 as opposed to 50 for the season. So those kind of things can change. So it would not shock me in the slightest. I'm I'm probably, and it's obviously very early, but I am of the belief that his numbers won't be as great as they were there this will, season. But it, I do think he'll still yeah. be a better quarterback than he was last year, if there that will, makes sense. Yeah, there will, there will be a dramatic change in his numbers, I don't think. Mm-hmm. I, I think if they dip, it's like, you know, like barely dipping, you know what I mean? Like he's not going to dramatically dip. And if he increases his numbers, I don't think he's going to have like an astronomical change and increase in increasing his numbers. You know, it would be funny if it's, you know, week 16 or, you know, going into week 17 and he's sitting on 48 or 49 touchdowns again. And they don't play him because the Chiefs already have the first round by locked up. Like it, it would be like the most torturous thing as a yes. Chiefs fan. Cause you're like, dude, do it again. You know, get 50 touchdowns again. Would you know, the Chiefs just sit him down though. Do you think? I, I mean, <laughs> it, it's very contextual. I don't know. Like it would really depend like, on like, where the you know where like, they're at. Let, let's say he's sitting at 54 touchdowns week 16. You're playing the Raiders again at home. Would you sit him? Hell no. I mean, if you're looking at that like that, like he's on the verge of yes, breaking the all-time yeah. record where he can get two touchdowns and break Peyton Manning's record, oh, you got to play him. And especially against the Raiders. Like I said, because it's a division rival and they're probably going to be shit again next year because we don't even know where they're playing <laughs> games. They don't even know if they're going to have Derek Carr next year. They might trade him. There's a lot of things with the Raiders that we don't know, and I think that we the one thing we do know about the Raiders, they're probably not going to be a good team. Suck. Yeah, so looking at like that, yeah, if you're looking at week 17, Patty's sitting on you know 55 touchdowns or 50, 54 touchdowns. You have one game to go, but you already have the one seed locked up. I think you at least play him for a half. Break the you, record, you got to. Break the record and bench. I would yes, I would say that would be the way to go. 
And that'd be kind of cool if that actually was the case, man. I mean, that's, I think that's a good problem to have. You know, do we start him? I mean, we already got the one seed locked (laughs) up. He's this close to a record. Damn it. What do we do? You know, know, those are good problems to have. So I I hope that is the the problem we cross. Would would you be upset if he doesn't play? Yes. I I would be upset as a fan, but I would understand why the Chiefs yeah. would do it. Because you got to protect your asset. Yeah, you got to protect into the playoffs. You know, it's a yeah. it's a totally different season. Because I would like to believe that if he puts up numbers like that again, he's a Sherlock MVP again. So yes. you're like, oh, you're defending, you know, you're protecting the two-time MVP. You know, you're about to pay him all this money. Yeah. And he's the future of your franchise. Like you have a really good chance of winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> if you sit him, I totally get it. But yeah. as a fan, selfishly, I'm like, dude, you better go out there and get those two touchdowns, yeah. man. Go out there and make some freaking history because you've already done it. Let's just keep the good times yeah. rolling. So if you're asking me right now, and again, it's super early. We have a lot to go. We have a long way to go before we can even make our official predictions statistically or team, you know, win-loss record-wise. But if you're asking me right now, it's hard for me to doubt Patty. I, I would say that he's going to probably put his numbers right around the same place. If he if he gets fifty touchdowns again, it would not shock me. And that's saying something, seeing that no one ever no one's ever had two fifty uh, uh, touchdown seasons in NFL history. But he's the type of guy that is known already to break history, to yeah, make to history. Yeah. And I've said it all along about you know in just in in looking at it from a Chiefs perspective, he's not rewriting Chiefs history; he's creating it. Yep. So it would not be out of out of you know left field to suggest that Patty could you know create more NFL history, not just Chiefs. I was going to say that not just Chiefs, but NFL as a whole. Yeah, because 10, 15 years ago, if you were to tell somebody, "Hey, in twenty thirteen, there's going to be a guy that throws fifty five touchdowns," more people are going to be like, "Yeah, that's yeah, probably not going to happen." That's probably not going to happen, you know, because before two thousand seven, you know, fifty touchdowns was way out of reach. So you're looking at you look at it from that perspective. It, it sounds crazy to think that Patty could have back to back fifty touchdown seasons, but he's the type of guy he belongs in that yeah. upper echelon of guys that can make that happen. And it wouldn't shock you at all. Exactly. That's what that's what I'm saying. So I'm gonna go with the safe pick and say that he's gonna finish right around the same right now uh, as as he would. I think it's very possible though that he could have a 50 to 55 touchdown yeah. season because the weapons, because of his smarts, because of his talent, because of his coach. And because of the fact that if the Chiefs' defense doesn't get predominantly better, significantly better, he's going to have to do it. <laughs> if, if the Chiefs are still in the 20s in defense, in order for the Chiefs to win games, they're going to, because their, their schedule, again, you know, things change. But looking at the schedule right now, it's not going to be a cakewalk. They're going to still have to play some good teams. So he's going to have to put up numbers. And I don't think he has a problem with that because he came from that in Texas Tech. He's also the first player, I believe. No, he, he is. He's the first player to ever throw 5,000 yards in college and in the pros. So, again, he's making history. He's creating it. So, moving on to the second uh, uh, portion of this segment, the question that everybody's asking, and it's going to be the hot topic until the draft and until free agency comes about, what what are the Chiefs going to do this offseason? You know, what what is going to be the moves that the Chiefs make? Now, everybody's expecting a lot of defensive shifting. Uh, they change the scheme. They there change the defensive coordinator. There's going to be a lot of changes. There has to be. Having said that, I think that we're still going to see a, a good number of the guys that came that were in this uh, uh, defense last year on the defense this year. I think there's not going to be a ton of different players, maybe some drafted guys, but I think that you have your core pieces. And one of those guys is going to be Anthony Hitchens. Now, I know a lot of fans out there do not like him because he was actually the worst-rated middle yeah. linebacker in football this season. But I think a lot of it had to do with the scheme. 
I don't think he was good in the 3-4. That was not his style. He's a 4-3 type of linebacker, and this has been confirmed by several guys. And I think he's actually going to have a much better season in 2019 than in 2018. So what I did is uh, yesterday, I got into a conversation with my good guy, Craig Stout, my good buddy. He uh, He's uh, one of the guys for uh, Arrowhead Pride. Dude knows football. I mean, he's he's forgotten more football than I'll ever know, especially on the defensive side. <laughs> so I'd love to pick his brain. And Craig, thanks so much, man, for taking the time. Shout out. I, yeah, I know, you, I know you, you know, you're a very busy guy, and I really appreciate it. I appreciate your wife for letting you do that because I know you've <laughs> talked about that several times that you had to take her on a nice dinner because of the fact that she lets you do this stuff. So – I started asking uh, uh, Craig some questions about what the Chiefs are going to do with big names like Eric Berry, uh, Justin Houston, D. Ford. Uh, what is, what does he expect? Because I was of the belief going into that conversation that there's no way the Chiefs can get you know cut cut lot or uh, uh, cut their connection with Eric Berry. Uh, they're probably going to have to try to figure out a way to restructure Justin Houston. Uh, are they going to tag D. Ford? And and Craig broke it down for me really really well. And these are some things I did not know. And what he told me yesterday was is that. Um, in regards to Eric Berry, if the Chiefs cut him after June 1st in this season, um, they will save $9.5 million. And his cap hit, or his dead, dead cap, will be 6.9. So if they wait another year, though, it'll be $8 million in dead. And that's just something you don't want to, you know, if you have the opportunity to get rid of him on the cheap, mm. you obviously have to do that. And then when in regards to Justin Houston, if they just straight up cut him, they would have a, a cap space of forty nine million in twenty nineteen, and then in twenty twenty eighty five million. Oh. So when you hear those numbers, and again, I didn't know that because from everything I have been hearing, oh, they they can't cut Eric Berry. They got to wait until at least twenty twenty. If you hear those, it's common sense. Yeah, they have to part ways with Eric Berry, and I don't think a lot of fans are going to be broken up about that. And that's that, that myself included. I don't know how you feel about it, Eddie. I mean. Go ahead, man. Tell me what you think. I mean, uh, is no, it common I mean, sense to you that you I, get rid of Eric Berry? I think it's common sense because he he's only getting older. Uh, he's been uh, known to to been uh, struggling with some injuries, you know, uh, throughout his career. Uh, so I I, th- I think it's time. I, I I think it's that time to where we we just you know cut him and. Well, I mean, move damn, on. dude. When when a guy's telling you he didn't feel in the spirit to play a full <laughs> game for your team in pivotal games that almost could have cost them the the one seed. Yeah. I mean, I've been known to be one of the biggest Eric Berry fans what was it, the, and defenders for years. The the Seahawks game and the Chargers game. Chargers game. I was at that Chargers game and I saw him give up on his team. Oof. And that sucks to say because again, I was the one that was super glad they they drafted him. I thought he was gonna be a stud for years to come. He had some great seasons. Yes. He overcame a ton. ACL tears, Achilles tears, cancer. I mean, we're talking a lot of stuff this guy had to overcome just to play the game. So I don't want to diss him. But there's no question in my mind that the Chiefs have to get rid of him. And now that I know, thanks to my guy Craig, that they can do that in 2019, they have to do that. Now, on the Justin Houston D Ford whole debacle, or I don't even want to call it debacle, but the the situation, because there's a lot in the air, there's a lot of theories about what's going to happen. I was on the side initially that wanted to keep Justin Houston. Restructure, try to figure out a way to restructure him, see if he'll, you know, he'll be willing to do that. Uh, I think he had a pretty damn good season when he was healthy. He made impact in that Colts game big time. I think he was one of the best players on the field during that game. Dominated their offensive line. An offensive line everybody thought was going to dominate the Chiefs' defense. And D. Ford, being the player that I actually want to see walk, I don't believe in D. Ford. I think he's shown us more of the bad side of who he is than the good side. He's had one great season and a bunch of meh seasons (laughs) in between. Or before, rather. 
But again, my guy Craig Stout really broke it down for me as to why I think the Chiefs are probably going to go the other side with it. And I asked him about D Ford, and he said that he is totally on the side of tagging D Ford. Um, they could try to do a two-year deal worth $15 million each, but he won't He won't do that. And, mm-hmm. you know, the reason why you have to get rid of Justin Hughes because you're, you're talking about saving $14 million, and you're getting rid of a 30-year-old outside linebacker that's had some injury problems himself. Oh, so, yeah. so if you look at it as a tandem of getting rid of Eric Berry and Justin Houston, it actually makes this defense already better because you're saving money and you can go out there and spend money on a potential Landon Collins, you know, uh, uh, an Anthony Barr. Uh, younger guys, more motivated at those positions to make you know long strides in their in their careers and make long strides in a playoff run, things of that nature. So it actually makes a lot of sense. Even though I again I was on the pro keep Justin Houston for one more year and let D Ford yeah. go, it does make a lot of sense to let Justin Houston go and let Eric Berry go, save that money, use that elsewhere, get those mid level guys, go out there and use that on the draft picks, and you know some of the other guys that he was he said that they should probably get rid of is uh, obviously Justin Houston, Daniel Sorensen, Xavier Williams, uh, Murray, Robinson, Raglan. And Raglan was the interesting one because I think a lot of Chiefs fans were hoping that, you know, he would come around and 28, you know, 2017, he looked so good. And then 2018, you know, he had to be injured. But maybe he just showed that he just wasn't good enough. And I think that Reggie Raglan's going to be gone. I talked to Craig about that. I talked to Kent Swanson about that. And both of them were on the side of thinking, no, Raglan's probably, his days were probably numbered in Kansas City. So there's a lot of moves that are going to be made, but it, I mean, it, I don't know about you, Eddie, but that, that gives me hope knowing that they're going to have over oh, a little over 30 million in cap space to pretty much just pick who they want. And a guy like Landon Collins makes so much sense because of the fact that he played in Spagnuolo's defense in New York. He, he's familiar with it. He's young. He's motivated. He wants to get out of a bad situation. I think it, I think it makes all the sense in the world. What do you think about that, Eddie? Yeah, you think uh, you, I mean you think a guy like Landon Collins would make a lot of sense? And yes, you, you, are I you mean, willing to spend big money on him? Because I know you mentioned Earl uh, Thomas. I yeah, because I mean, but I mean Earl Thomas, he's coming off a leg injury, uh, thirty years old. Is he going to be the same player he was before that leg injury? You know, so I was uh, you know on the on the side that uh, if we if we were to get Earl Thomas, it would be on the cheap because I mean he couldn't come in and demand big money because of his age because of the injury he's coming out of so i mean if you're if you have to go safety and you need you know you can if you can go young do it why not yeah. you know what i mean I, for, for me earl thomas is more of a of a gap filler uh, a guy that you use just on a temporary basis so kind of like a depth dead chart you don't know well, i mean I'm, no he's still he's still damn good and i he's, fully expect him to be back to at least close to the form he was originally but at 30 years old He's gonna. I think he's gonna demand at least ten to twelve million dollars on a one-year deal. But I don't think you can after coming in, coming out of that that leg injury, especially at your age. But it's a broken bone. I, it's not a I, ligament well, injury. I, I know, but I mean, he's. I don't know. I don't know. I, I would much rather the Chiefs go younger, sign Landon Collins to a long-term deal. Yeah. Have your safety solidified. I'd much rather that than banking on Earl Thomas for a year, spending you know ten plus million dollars on a guy that is already in his thirties. And you know that you're not going to have him for the long term. I'd rather have a guy that knows the system, younger, motivated, you know, isn't satisfied. Because I mean, I, I think Earl Thomas wants to win still. Yeah. But I also think that money is very important to a, an aging veteran, a guy especially who's already won a Super Bowl and has been to two. Um, you know, the the leader of the Dooms or the was the the Boom Squad out the, there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was he was he was Seattle. He was the heart of Seattle's okay. defense. And so 
I, I think it's just a better move financially, actually, ironically, for the Chiefs in the long term to go younger and 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 have your guys solidified for years and, to come. And it makes sense. Uh, I mean, the more you talk about it, the the more sense it makes to go younger. Right. Because, I mean, you have a young core in the Chiefs. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and uh, I asked, I asked Craig also a question, um, you know, what are the chiefs going to, are they going to draft an outside linebacker? Because if you're letting go of Houston, you, you know, have how, to fill how, that hole. Yeah. But the, but the thing he brought to my attention and it makes a lot of sense is that Dorian O'Daniel is built for that will position that will, that will style of a, of a um, linebacker. He's that kind of guy that would fit that he's fast. He hits yeah. hard. He's that guy. But he's, coming, he's, he's, he's com- yeah, he's coming out of an injury as well. Do you think he's going to come out and perform? Like you're expecting or like you're making it seem like? The guy I saw in, in flashes and in, and in sample sizes, I liked a lot. Can he withstand the punishment of the NFL? I don't know because we didn't see enough of him. But I would rather give Dorian O'Daniel a legitimate opportunity where he is the guy. You know, him and Breland Speaks are getting a lot of opportunity now to see what they're really made of. Because if they go out there and they don't perform to the best, you still have an offense that can carry the load for the yeah. most part. And I still think the defense being in a 4-3 alone helps guys like Chris Jones perform at even a higher level. And I think Anthony Hitchens play at an even higher level. So you can almost hide the mistakes of some of these younger guys as they learn the process. But I think Dorian O'Daniel actually will excel. I actually I have a lot of belief in this kid because I've seen him. I saw him back in Clemson, how well he played. He was a hybrid-style player where you couldn't tell if he was a safety or a linebacker sometimes because he would just swarm the ball. So I like Dorian O'Daniel getting that legitimate opportunity. I like guys like Breland Speaks getting a legitimate opportunity to be the guy. So I'm with Craig on that. Believe it or not, after I heard him break some of this stuff down, I think it makes a lot of sense for the Chiefs to go that way. And also, it opens up opportunity for them in the draft to go cornerback in the first round. To, yes, I agree 100%. To, to go and get a tight end in the second round, like we've talked about. <laughs> I, I don't think it's crazy because you can run 12 personnel now that you can get two studs, take the pressure off Travis Kelsey, take the pressure off Tyreek Hill, take the pressure off Sammy Watkins, open up the field, give more protection for Patrick Mahomes, give yourself another stud on the other side of the offensive line so there's more options you can use. You can get a guy like Hawkinson from Iowa. You can do these things. You can get that guy in the second round, and, and you can afford to do that. I know it sounds crazy to think that the Chiefs go that early on the offensive offensive side but it's really not because even though this offense is so great they can get greater they have positions to still fill i don't know if mitch morse is the answer he's had tons of concussions oh yeah i don't know if the chiefs believe he's a long-term solution they can draft a center or they can go pick up a younger one in the in free agency their offensive line can get better they can get much better at tight end even though travis kelsey is the best tight end in football he will be 30 next season and you have nobody else Incompletrius Harris is gone. <laughs> I mean, they don't have that next tight end. So I am the full. Be- I have the full belief that if the Chiefs like a tight end enough in that second round, because remember they have two second round picks, yeah. they can afford to do that. I think I think they have three picks from twenty nine to sixty eight. So within thirty nine picks, the Chiefs pick three times, and I think they'll be aggressive. I think they're going to go with with a, an offensive player in those first few picks. Then on that third pick. You can go and get yourself a safety. You can go and get yourself a defensive tackle or defensive end and add to that front seven. If I'm the Chiefs, I'm solidifying my front seven even more. And you can go and get that do- that dominant cornerback, that cornerback that you think is the best on the board at at, at the at, at 29th overall. Yeah. The, the, the possibilities are endless. What I'm saying, I don't think now that I said it, I don't think there's me a ton of different personnel on this defense. I think that you're going to see some of these younger guys arise and get their opportunity. Will they perform? I don't know. 
but I'm willing to give them that opportunity because, like I said, they have another year, another opportunity with a young offense. The Patrick Mahomes is not making big money yet, so you can afford to go get a couple free agents to solidify some positions. I think Landon Collins makes all the sense in the world. And, and, and another thing you have to think about when it comes to the salary cap is the fact that they're going to have to restructure Chris Jones or extend rather extend Chris Jones Tyreek and extend Tyreek Hill. Those have they to have happen to, this offseason because you're not going to be able to do that when you pay t- uh, Patrick Mahomes $200 million. Cause, yeah, because if they wait till next season, I mean, you're not going to be able to do it. There's no way. No, you're not going to have the cap space to do it. No, it's not going to happen. And and um, I don't know if we have enough time on this segment, but <laughs> you and I talked about this in our pre our pre-show that uh, you don't feel as strong or confident about the the Chiefs signing or uh, giving Patrick Mahomes all that money. Can you give us a brief little description for the people listening? Well, I mean, I don't know if over two hundred million would make a lot of sense for the Chiefs uh, in terms of uh, trying to sign free agents or whatnot, trying to build around Patrick Mahomes. Uh, they would have to rely a lot on the draft itself. 200 mil flat, maybe, you know, it's still, I, you know, I, I can do that, but over 200 mil, if I, I, I just don't know. Again, uh, and what I told you that time, and I'll say it and on this is it, it's the market value. If you have a guy like Patrick Mahomes who already just has already had an, an, an all-time great season and is more than likely going to have several more of yeah, those, yeah. I, you, no, you have to lock him down with whatever price is demanded. <sighs> I mean, if guys like Matthew Stafford and Jimmy Garoppolo, who have proven nothing in this league, are getting $150 million plus, what do you think Patrick Mahomes is worth? Oh, he's worth a lot more than that, but I I just don't – I just don't – I don't know. I just don't see that, man. I, I I would love to see it, you know, but at the same time, I want – like uh, I don't want to depend on the draft every year, you know, or like on cheap free agents. See, the NFL is a different beast, though, because of the fact that th- that free agency isn't always the best answer. You can add a piece here or there, but most times you don't you don't see teams built off free agency yeah, that make no. it miserable. Now, the Rams did. They were the exception, and it's good for the league because veterans want to get paid, and this kind of opened that up a lot more. But most times you get homegrown guys that lead your team. You know, look at the Patriots. Look at a lot of these teams that have been successful for years and years. It's because of the guys they drafted, yeah. guys they developed. That's what Patrick Mahomes is. He's the best quarterback in football. You got to pay him what he's worth and then get creative. That's where Brett Veach is going to come in. Can you draft? Can you get the studs to build around your elite quarterback? That's where I'll leave it. I hope I, I yeah. it'd be great if Patty goes, you know what? Don't pay me 200 million. That'd be oh, amazing. That'd, that'd be amazing. It would save the Chiefs a lot of headache, yeah. but that's probably not going to happen. So, and I understand it because he's worth every penny that he's going to get in the future and for years to come. So, we're going to come back for another segment, guys. We're going to touch on some few other things, Chiefs related. Uh, and we'll be back after these messages. This is a spoken podcast with your host, Lance Twiddle and Eddie Ortiz. Located in the historic Westport district, Modern Man Supply Company is your Kansas City's new home for men's retail. From apparel to pomade and home goods to beard care, they offer a wide range of men's products from independent companies from around the world. Follow them at Modern Man Supply Company on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Casey Hemp Company, your most trusted CBD provider in Kansas City, shipping nationwide. Ancient plant for a new age health. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Casey Hempco. And we are back. This is the Spoken Podcast. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell, and my guy, Eddie Ortiz. Yo, yo, yo. We are recording here at the Casey Beard Co. Studios. Here to give you our opinions, whether you like them or not, we're going to still deliver them to you because this is what we'd love to do, and we're really excited to get this thing rolling. 
It is our first week doing this. So. And hopefully you guys have enjoyed it to this point. <laughs> Don't judge us just yet. No, it's, it's okay to judge us. Just, just, just tell us that we're doing great. That's <laughs> it's, it's just like I said, guys. This is something I've worked on for eight years now, and I can't, and, I can't, I can't thank you guys enough because if if it wasn't yeah. you guys joining in, I, I would never and, have continued. And I mean, every week it's only going to get better. Hopefully, hopefully, you know, hopefully, hopefully. If not, uh, this uh, this podcast <laughs> is uh, unavailable. First, yeah, this is uh, first and last episode. You know what I mean? Yeah, we we took. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> Let's uh let's let's talk about one more subject or one more segment on the Chiefs. And this is a really hot button. It's kind of like one of those cult uh conversations where it doesn't really make the big headlines, but a lot of Chiefs fans talk about it. And it, it's sometimes one it's very like one side or the other. You're either on one side or you're on the other. And I try my best to find the middle ground because of the fact that I think that there is middle ground in everything, at least most things. Uh, especially in sports. And I want to talk about Andy Reid. Big Red. I want to talk about him. And I I don't really want to talk about what he was in Philadelphia because that doesn't really matter. I want to talk because he's been here now for six years, going on seven years. He's had enough time and enough. There's been enough enough of a sample size and and a body of work for us to know what Andy Reid is in Kansas City for the most part. And I'm going to criticize him on some things and I'm going to defend him in some things. And and I'm gonna I want to get your thoughts on it first, Eddie. I want you to give me what you if you when you think of Andy Reid as the Chiefs head coach in his six years here, soon to be seven. What is it that you can describe him as? As the only coach at this moment that can give the Chiefs that Super Bowl we solely desire. I think. I, I think he's uh, he's the man for it. You know what I mean? He drafted Patrick Mahomes and he took him to the AFC Championship on Patrick Mahomes' first season. Uh, I mean, it, it wasn't just Andy Reid's, you know, play calling, but it was uh, Patrick Mahomes making those plays. You know what I mean? So, I mean, uh, I, don't, I don't know what else. I mean, are, are you're, so you you believe your belief is Andy Reid is the guy. You, I think you so. said you said I, he's I the right guy for the job yes. to lead them into the Super Bowl. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I think uh, he's the right coach for Patrick Mahomes at this moment. I, I don't I don't think I can see another head coach. Uh, bringing uh, the best out of uh, Patrick Mahomes, and, and and I think uh, he is the best option right now to 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 do that. I I just uh, I don't know. I just don't see another head coach uh, coming into Kansas City and doing what he has done in the past was six years now, going into seven. Uh, yeah, he's uh, I don't think he's ever had a losing season in the six seasons with the Chiefs. Honestly, I think his worst season is nine and. Nine and seven. Nine and seven, yeah. Yeah, and that's not a bad record, you know what I mean? Then he hasn't made the playoffs twice, I believe, since uh, six since his six years here. No, he's actually – they've only missed the playoffs once, and it was that was nine it, and seven what, season. Was it once? Okay. And there were several games in that season where Alex Smith absolutely yeah, just shit yes. the bed yep. and lost them close games like against the Cardinals and Steelers, things of yeah. that nature. So, yes, I, I will 100% agree with you. What I – okay – I'm going to get my criticisms out of the way for Andy Reid because I don't want I don't want this to be a bashing session, but I think everything that I'll say about it is valid, and I think a lot of Chiefs fans out there are going to agree. Uh, in the future, we're going to have our guy uh, Soli. Uh, he's he, <laughs> follow him on Twitter at Soli Football. Um, he is a big time. He's going to agree with me on this. He probably would say it in, in in more ways than I would, but he's a big time Andy Reid uh, hater. He does not believe in Andy Reid, and I think that. A lot of things that that solely and other Chiefs fans that I've seen tweet about this, I think a lot of things they say are valid. I I do think that 
they make good points, but I think that there is some um, there's some extra parts to it that that, that they'd kind of overlook. And what I will criticize Andy Reid on, I don't think he's a choke artist. I think he's had some really bad luck, and I think he's carried some really bad quarterbacks further than they should have. They overachieved, and quite frankly, some of those even Eagles teams. And again, I, I said I wasn't going to talk about that, but <laughs> but leading into the you know Chiefs, I mean, you saw what he. I mean, let's let's give him some credit here for for Christ's sake. He comes in t- from 2012, a two and 14 Chiefs team. They go and they make the playoffs at 11 and five the very next season. And they did that with Alex Smith. Yeah, nobody saw that coming. You know what I'm saying? So it was nobody total, did. It was a total, what, 180? Yeah, most Chiefs fans are like, you know, if we win six, seven games, that's a humongous success. Yes. They go and win nine more games. That's the greatest swing and win differential within one year in NFL history. So that's the thing. And and I will give Andy Reid all the credit for that because just him coming into Kansas City made all that impact. And since then, the Chiefs have won no less than nine games in six seasons. That's, that's unbelievable. Not, yeah, that's not so bad at all. My criticism with Andy Reid, though, it's very simple. His loyalty. It's also yeah. a, it's a it's a strength, but it's also his biggest and and the, the largest weakness he has. And it, it drives me crazy. I've even been one that's wanted him fired in Kansas City because of his loyalty. Because of the fact that he ref- – they, they got Alex Smith. I was not okay with it. I did not want Alex Smith. And I'm like, you know what? He's got this remaining year on his contract. They could just use him and draft a quarterback and then let him walk. No, they freaking they extend the guy for $68 million. And I, and I was like, Andy Reid's got to get fired. This is ridiculous. Why would you extend the guy that is literally dragging your franchise down? The Chiefs won some games in the regular season with Alex Smith, obviously, but a lot of times it was, it was despite him. And so they had a winning, I think they were 13-10 and 10 in the 23 games that Alex Smith didn't even throw a touchdown in his time in Kansas City. Oh, I remember that. No wide receiver cut a touch in the in 2014. Whole, yeah, to a whole season. Yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. The same season they didn't make the <laughs> damn playoffs. That's crazy. So, okay. What my point is this: his loyalty is what has killed Andy Reid so many times in Kansas City, and it's to to two significant people, Alex Smith and Bob Sutton. They had the opportunity; they drafted Patrick Mahomes in 2017 in the first round. Most first round quarterbacks play, especially with a team as star studded and as 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 loaded as the Chiefs were. They had one of the best rosters in football, and you could have started Patrick Mahomes Week One, and I was one of those people that believed it. I thought they should have traded Alex Smith and started Patrick Mahomes day one. No, they sat Alex. Uh, they sat Patrick Mahomes, kept Alex Smith, and of course, Alex Smith plays his best football of his career because he knew that he was going to be gone in a season. After that season, he was going to be gone, so he was playing for his next job. So, of course, Alex Smith was going to play his best football. It's a lot like a contract year. And what do we know about contract years? Like our guy Therese Paler says, a contract year is undefeated. undefeated. Alex Smith knew he was on his way out because Patrick Mahomes was the future. So he balled out. And a lot of people, a lot of people out there were like, no, they made the right decision. They stuck with Alex Smith and look what he's doing. He's playing great football. His touchdown interception ratio is great. He threw over 4,000 yards. He completed 60 plus percent of his passes. That was a great move. And we, any of us that were being realistic knew. Just wait for the playoffs. Just wait for the playoffs. Oh, We've seen Alex Smith playoff Alex Smith. He can play well in the regular season. He plays he plays well in those games. I'll give him credit for that. Dude, dude's been a part of a lot of victories. You know, he doesn't turn the ball over. That's very true. But we know when it comes to crunch time and when the bright lights are on, Alex Smith can't get the job done. And what you were there. I was there. You were man. there that against Tennessee, horrible. a team the Chiefs should have destroyed. Yeah. yeah. And, and and a lot of people are saying, oh, well, Travis Kelsey got hurt. Well, the same drive that Travis Kelsey got hurt, they scored a touchdown. Right. 
So, I mean, if you can do that without Travis Kelsey, I mean, obviously they didn't need Travis Kelsey at that moment. You know what I mean? Correct me if I'm wrong. Weren't the Chiefs up 21 to 3? Yes. Okay. And, uh, Mariota just came out balling. Now, there was some luck. There was some luck. You know, he caught his own damn pass. (laughs) I mean, that's just, you don't see that stuff. So, obviously, there was some luck involved. But did he cross the the line of scrimmage, though? I mean, it was, I'm going to give them the touch. Oh, my God. When you catch your own pass, you should automatically get six points. But, no, the the, the point I'm I'm making is you're getting paid like that. You had the season you had. You're up 21 to 3 at home in the playoffs against a team you should destroy. Yes, Travis Kelsey goes down. That does suck. But you should be able to adjust, not throw 55 damn yards in the second half. Like I said, the drive that Travis Kelsey got hurt, they went down to field like it wasn't like no problem at all. Right. They scored that touchdown. And then after that, it was just complete shit. And that's the point. And so and and, and that is why I was I was I wasn't even angry at Alex Smith anymore because I knew he was gone. I knew that he was gone. I was mad at Andy Reid. And I even tweeted out. I said, I will never forgive Andy Reid for this. Because the Chiefs lost prematurely in the playoffs because he stuck with Alex Smith. Patrick Mahomes was ready to go. I don't care what anybody says. I know everybody wants to praise, man, Alex Smith really took him under his wing. And, you know, he, he, you know, he taught Patrick yeah. some things. You know what? I, 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 don't get, I don't get with that. I think Alex Smith was nice to Patrick. I think he did show him some things. But I'm not going to sit here and be the guy that believes that because Patrick sat for a year and Alex Smith was still here that, oh, that's why Patrick Mahomes threw 50 touchdowns in 2018. I don't think Patty would have thrown 50 touchdowns in his rookie year. But I think he would have put up numbers very similar, if not better, than what Alex Smith did. And we would not have lost to the Titans. I would say that very confidently. We should have been in the AFC Championship that year. Do they win the AFC Championship? I don't know. Probably not. But the fact is, they should have been there. They were the better team against Tennessee. Andy Reid, his loyalty to Alex Smith, blew up in their faces yet again, and it was time. And 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 that's when it you knew, okay, there has to be change. But that's the problem: is that Andy Reid waits for it to get to its absolute worst to make the change. A lot like Bob Sutton segueing into that situation. He should have been fired years ago. They stuck with him. He didn't make adjustments, and they lost games they should not have lost. They lost games like the you score 51 points in a game, you should always win that game. You should never lose when you put up 51 points. When your quarterback throws six touchdowns, I don't care if he has five interceptions. He gives you six touchdowns. Your defense should be good enough to stop them a couple times just to get you the victory. You go up there and put 40 points on the Patriots in their house, you should win that game. You score 31 points in the AFC Championship, you should win that game. No one else in the history of football has ever lost in the conference championship at home when they scored 31 points. The Chiefs did because they stuck with Bob Sutton for a year. That And, and now we make the change. Now Andy Reid fires them. Now they get rid of them. Now the frustration surmounts. Now they go get the new guy. And now they change the scheme. That was too late. They should have been in the Super Bowl this year. And that was the loyalty that brought the Chiefs down that Andy Reid will not relinquish. And he's got to do that now. Yep. And and the loyalty stuck with him again by signing uh, or by bringing in uh, Spagnolo. Now, I hope (laughs) – now, I I understand what you're saying that because there is loyalty there. But I'm hoping that that, that Andy Reid is finally learning that it's okay to be loyal but not loyal to a fault. If Spagnolo comes in here and sucks ass – you fire him. Yeah, get out get of, out of yeah. here. You don't have time to waste. Andy Reid's going to be 61 years old next season. He don't have that many years left. He can coach for another six, seven years if he wants to. Bill Belichick's 66, going to be 67. Yeah. Pete Carroll's nearing 70. They're still coaching. 
would you say that if uh, Andy Reid does not deliver a Super Bowl in the next three years, he should go? Yes, absolutely. You have a guy like Patrick Mahomes and a star-studded offense like this and a defense that can only get better. If you don't get to a Super Bowl, at least win one, you got to go. But see, we can definitely talk about this another time because yeah. I want to get on the flip-flop. I want to I want to get on the flip side of this because as much as I'm criticizing him right now, <laughs> I do want to praise him for some things. And we just talked, touched on a little bit. The fact that we know that every year, year in, year out, the Chiefs are almost guaranteed 10 victories. But also, I want to touch on some other things. For one, as much as people want to criticize about Andy Reid being a choke artist or you know not good enough to win a Super Bowl, like a lot of people I've heard say, that he's never going to win a Super Bowl, he can't do it. Which, by the way, if he does win a Super Bowl, he would officially be the oldest uh, coach in NFL history to ever win his first Super Bowl. Was it 20 seasons? Yeah, th- this last season, I believe, was his 20th. But let me give you a couple names. Well, let me give you a few names, rather, of all-time great coaches that Andy Reid has more wins than. Chuck Knoll, Dan Reeves, Chuck Knox, Bill Parcells, Tom Coughlin, Mike Shanahan, Mike Holmgren, Bud Grant, Joe Gibbs, Steve Owen, Bill Cower, Mark Levy, Tony Dungy, John, John Fox, Hank Stram, Mike McCarthy, Jim Mora, Mike Tomlin, Pete Carroll, Mike Didka, Dick Vermeil, Sean Payton. And the list goes on. You can go with John Harbaugh. You can go with your boy John Gruden, John Madden, Vince Lombardi, Jack Del Rio. Jeez. And like Bill Walsh. I mean, Wade Phillips. I mean, he wasn't a great head coach, but he's a damn good defensive coordinator. He's been around forever. And people can say, yeah, but some of the most of those guys want Super Bowls. But is it not a coincidence to you that almost every single one of those guys that have Super Bowls, despite having fewer victories, had one thing that Andy Reid hasn't had in 19 years? Franchise quarterback? Franchise quarterback. You cannot tell me it's a coincidence. Now, you could say Donovan McNabb was a franchise quarterback, but let's take it a step up. Let's change that narrative a little bit. Let's say not franchise quarterback. Let's say elite quarterback. Andy Reid has never had an elite quarterback, not even close. No. Donovan McNabb was a good quarterback. He was not a great quarterback ever. Mm, yeah. And he was a, a large portion of why they lost that Super Bowl to the Patriots. They lost 24 to 21. Donovan McNabb was out there. Up. He was out there, out there yeah, puking was, his lungs out in the, in the huddle. Yeah. Blowing it. Literally blowing it. Literally. <laughs> The nerves. And that's what I'm saying. Andy Reid, for the first time in his career, has the guy at quarterback. He finally has the guy. And is it a coincidence to you that he finally has that guy? They go further in the playoffs than the Chiefs have gone in almost three decades. Yeah. They go further than Andy Reid ever went with Alex Smith. That's my point. And they should have gone even further yeah. if he what wasn't loyal to, to Bob, the wrong yeah, guys. It's good to be loyal, but it's not good to be loyal to a fault, and it's not good to be loyal to the wrong people. I love that he's loyal to Patrick Mahomes. Shit, he goes and sits down with him every time he's on. He's off <laughs> oh, the field. I see that. I love. I, I, I love that. I, a lot of people are like, oh, he needs to be a coach all times. Andy Reid doesn't do. He doesn't do defense. Yeah. So let your defensive coordinators, your defensive yeah, coaches do that. that yeah. That's fine. So him sitting over there and, and teaching Patrick and instilling oh, in him, man, I love that. I love, yeah. I love that. That's, so. Yeah, being loyal to the right guys is great with me. I'm good with that. But being loyal to the wrong guys has been his downfall. But on the other side of it, Andy Reid, when he has the right pieces and he finally has it, the Chiefs go to the AFC Championship, should have won that game, had the home field, and now are the, uh, the odds favorites to win the Super Bowl next year. Now, that doesn't really matter in totality, mm. but the fact is the Chiefs are finally respected. Yeah. Because although Patrick or Alex Smith and the Chiefs, you know, everybody knew, oh, they're gonna be a good team, they're gonna be a solid team. But by week 11, week 12, week 13, you knew yeah, this team's not winning the Super Bowl. They're not beating the Patriots, not beating the Steelers. And would, you, would you say that Alex Smith had a better defense than Patrick Mahomes? There's no question. 
There's no question. In 2013, I think they were seventh in uh, scoring defense. And and you and you bl- and you blow it in Indianapolis. Yeah. Now now Alex did ball out, but the fact is down the stretch he choked. Yep. My point is, is that Andy Reid, as great as he's been, he's also been bad in a lot of ways, and he's got to change that. Hopefully he does because he's still got time, and he's got the best quarterback in football. And I think he makes, I think he changes his ways. I'm hoping. Now I know Sully's going to crush me on this. I know a lot of other guys are going <laughs> to crush me. That's okay. I'm okay with that. I'm willing. I'm willing to take that on. And give Andy more time because he finally has that quarterback. And like you asked, if we're three years down the road from now and they still haven't done it, Andy Reid has failed dramatically. And he's got to go. He's got to go. But I'm willing to give him that time. So that's my take on Andy Reid. You give your take. We're going to finish off this show with a little something I want to keep doing every week. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Boy, it's a lot like ESPN's not top 10, uh, but it's going to be a little bit more brief than that. I want to I have this segment called Hold This L, and it's brought to you by Casey Beardco. And uh, I'm going to have Eddie give our first and, – and it's, and it's across the board in all of sports. Yeah. Who are you giving an L to this week? I'm going to go with the Pelicans. Uh, Good hold, pick. Uh, hold this L. Uh, you just fired your GM. A day after Anthony Davis got hurt. Uh, prior to that, you had the opportunity to get eight guys and draft picks. A couple first, I believe. Two first-round picks. And you didn't take it. You didn't take it. Now you now you have Anthony Davis hurt. And you know for a fact he's not going to sign with them next year. So what, what happens now? Well... Now the trade value just decreased. Now teams are not going to be giving eight players two first-round picks for Anthony Davis. Why? Because they know he's not going to sign. He's going to become a free agent, and he's just going to go sign elsewhere. Whoever has the money, he's going to go. And, and I just I just think the uh, Pelicans have to hold that L. <laughs> I, I respect that L for sure because I think they're the most disorganized franchise in basketball, and that's saying something because the Knicks yeah. exist. And, and I mean uh, – <laughs> Did the NBA run the Pelicans for a while? <laughs> Until the Vincent family took over. Geez. Yeah, and they, they own the Saints. They don't give two shits about the Pelicans. So, so the, the Pelicans as a franchise need to hold that out. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. So um, mine's going to be a little bit closer to home. I think a lot of Chiefs fans are going to enjoy this one. Um, as we learned this week, the Denver Broncos go and sign Joe Flacco. <laughs> And I know there's some out there that are trying to paint this, you know, positively, trying to give it a positive spin. Guys, there is no positive spin in this signing. <laughs> Joe Flacco is a is a corpse. Joe Flacco is a statue. He has not been good at football in over three seasons. He got benched for Lamar Jackson, who can't throw. Yeah, who is an average quarterback at best. At, I mean, you're talking at absolute best. That's like perfect world scenario. And I was a I was a Lamar Jackson fan, you know, in college, but yeah. he's shown he yeah, he's just he's, not going to be a great quarterback you know, at the NFL level. He's a great athlete. But he's not going to be a great quarterback. And so I'm going to give this L to the Broncos. But more in particular, I'm going to give this one to John Elway. Because Ooh. he continues to take L's at the quarterback position. Outside of Peyton Manning, if you look at his list of quarterbacks that he has either signed or drafted, it is abysmal. The Browns feel bad for them. That's how <laughs> bad it's been. You Paxton Lynch, Trevor Simeon, Kelly. Brock I mean, Osweiler. Brock Osweiler. I mean, you're talking about a list of just horrible quarterbacks. 
And he says, hey, guys, you know, I'm on my last leg as the VP of this team. What am I going to go do? I'm going to go get someone else's trash and try to make something out of it, even though we have Case Keenum, <laughs> who if we cut, we have to pay him $10 million in dead cap. And if we keep him, we got to pay him and Joe Flacco combined $47 million. Two horrible quarterbacks that are not going to win you shit. You're going to keep on to those guys or have to pay the other one $10 million. John Elway, hold this L. That's all I got to say. <laughs> that was a fun set. I like yeah, that one. Was, yeah, I think we're going to keep doing this one for yeah, sure. That, that was that was pretty good. Uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we want to thank all of our sponsors. We want to thank all of you guys. Uh, we want to thank uh, Casey Beardco. We want to thank uh, Modern Man Supply Company. We want to thank Common Deer, Mo- Mid Coast Modern, Casey Hemp Company. More importantly, we want to thank all you guys because, like I said, you motivated me to do this. Um, we're obviously late to the podcast game, but you know what? It was something I felt was the right time um, after eight years of running the Facebook group and and this thing going strong. Uh, the Twitter relationships I've developed, a lot of good friends throughout the years. I think this is just the right thing to do at the right time. And quite honestly, just the, the, the fact that the Chiefs have such a bright future really gave me a lot of uh, inspiration as well because I feel like we're going to have a lot of fun talking about this team for years to come. Uh, I want to thank my, my my co-host, Eddie Ortiz. He's helped me make this possible. You know, We, we bought the equipment together, and we said, let's just do the thing, man. Let's mm. make this happen. So uh, we, like I said, we're going to have a lot of guests throughout the throughout this time. Uh, a lot of local brands, a lot of uh, analysts. Uh, be on the lookout for who we're going to bring on the show because I think it's going to be a really fun time. And if you guys have suggestions, if you want to chime in, hit us up on Facebook. Search the group, The Spoken. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Lance The Spoken. You can find our our actual uh, podcast page on Twitter, at The Spoken PC. And t- uh, give your Twitter handle, Ed, if you can. Do you remember your Twitter I- handle? <laughs> I think I have a Twitter, but I don't – I mean, I'm not really active on it. I think I might have to change my hold this L to <laughs> give it to Eddie's Twitter <laughs> yeah. handle. I don't know. I just – I mean, I'm on there, but not to post or anything. I'm just on there to read what like what sports news are out. So so block like Eddie so, on Twitter. Yes, don't If you find me. him, block yeah. his ass and just follow us, uh, The Spoken PC, and I'm at Lance The Spoken. And follow us on Facebook. And like I said, we're going to be doing these shows every Friday. Uh, we're going to be releasing it every Friday night. And if you guys have any suggestions, any advice, because like I said, we're no experts here. We're just having fun talking sports. Uh, send it our way, guys. We, we would love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your feedback. And this is going to be a lot of fun. This was a lot of fun tonight. It was. And I can't wait for next week. So, and that from the Casey Beard Co. Studios, this is the Spoken Podcast. I am your host, Lance Twidwell with Eddie Ortiz. We're going to get out of this bitch. Thank you so much for listening, guys. See ya.